Greetings. Hey. How's it going? What's up, Robin? Not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, how's things for you? Things are good. Things are good. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cool. We were just talking about upcoming spooky movies that we're oh, excited about. Oh, man. Did you guys see the It Comes at Night trailer? Because it looks good. really good and it doesn't doesn't give away too much, which oh, I love. Oh, man. And then I was, I was looking at the um, It remake. Mm-hmm. Also looks very scary. Yeah. But just makes me miss Tim Curry. Yeah, I mean, he's still alive. No, but like... No, I know. I want him in stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Um, I read that. I read the book, It, uh, a couple years ago because I was commuting at the time, so I had like two extra hours a day. Mm-hmm. And it's not only the longest book I've ever read... <laughs> It's like 1,200 pages, um, but I don't want to give anything away, but there is there's a really bizarre underage sex scene that takes place between like like eight children, and oh. at that point I was just like, what the fuck am I reading? Yeah, I don't know. I love Stephen King, I love his writing, but I was just like, now what is this here? Now hold on. And, I, at the, and it's like, after you've come a thousand pages, so it's like... Well, I'm not going to stop reading yeah, it now. Yeah, I can just, like, put this down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guys, welcome to the podcast. Welcome this is, to the uh, That's the Spirit. That's the Spirit. That's the Spirit. I'm Robin. I'm Steph. And this is a podcast about ghosts. Ooh. And, uh, you know, the mystic powers that be. Sure. Uh, as usual, we've got our candles, we've got our crystals. Uh, we, got, we say as as usual, but we did not do it for fifty <laughs> percent of the past episodes yeah. that we've recorded, <laughs> and we live to regret it. I'll tell you that much. Well, sure, life's been a nightmare ever since that first step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unrelated reasons, but. yeah, or there's no Ooh, way to really tell. No way of knowing. Um, we did have some really exciting things after that first step, which is. Some really great emails. Oh, yeah. We got a couple of people writing in. So we're going to share those with you right now. First one is from our pal Sloan. Hi, Sloan. Hey, girl. So she writes, So, the house my grandparents lived in during my lifetime was this big three-story house that used to be the, the home of a doctor who saw his patients there. Already off the bat reminds me of... Season one of American Horror Story, which yeah. I know I've referenced before, but oh. oof, you're begging for it. Yeah, so her parents, her grandparents turned that into their family home. Sure, why not pick this house where a bunch of sick people visited all mm. the time? There was the basement, the first floor, where the doctor's office was, and the second floor, where all the bedrooms were. To get to the second floor, you could either take a small staircase from the kitchen or the main staircase, which was next to the living room. A double staircase situation going to the same floor, for some reason, automatically to me, says, like, one of them is used for nefarious reasons, yeah. and I don't know why. I'm basing that on nothing, but... I think just because it seems like a waste of staircase. Well, it's also, like, why do you need two ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Is one for sneaking? I don't know. Continue. You're asking... Yeah, you're kind of asking for a scary situation. So... Next, she goes, in general, the house was pretty dark when it wasn't light out. Yeah. A lot of old houses are. And the main staircase was kind of small, so it wasn't really used a lot. We mostly took the kitchen stairs. I vividly remember, during one visit to my grandparents' house, 
going to go downstairs, but deciding to take the main staircase instead of the kitchen one. Never go against your gut. I got a bit down the stairs and I looked up and saw this man and this woman standing at the bottom. Neither of them looked like my grandparents or friends of theirs. And they just kind of were looking through the living room, not moving. So I freaked out and ran back upstairs to my room because strangers, in all caps. No one ever mentioned anyone being there or anything, and I never, I never mentioned it to anyone because I was scared. And this house already gave me a weird vibe. It's because it was a doctor. Even in a working, functioning, modern-day doctor's office with living people walking around, I get a weird vibe. Yeah, it's not good. Fast forward to, like, 15 years after this happened, I mentioned it to my mom because we were talking about how I never went down one of the staircases, and she was pretty intrigued because when she and her brother were growing up, it was common for kids in the neighborhood to not come over because there were rumors that their house was haunted. Anyways, staircases are bad and should be avoided at all costs. Great tips, Especially if you are going up them. Ugh, exhausting. Mm -hmm. Also, she has an asterisk Mm -hmm. by the first use of the word basement in a footnote, which is, the basement was just, like, really creepy in general. Apparently, my grandpa turned a huge section of it into a shooting range. (laughs) Ooh, Which is interesting, spacious, though. frightening, who knows. Yeah. All right. I uh, like the idea of ghosts that, like, have been around for generations. So, like, you know, it's not, it, it, it's just, like, kind of a tradition that, yeah, a couple of ghosts live there. When I was a child, I was scared of them. Now you get to be terrified. Yeah. I say I like that, but I actually <laughs> hate that. <laughs> Do you want to read the second one? Sure. Okay. So this email is from our pal Janet. Hi, Janet. Hey, Jan. Okay, she actually has two stories. Okay, um, Janet says, first story. My mom and I were driving by a local cemetery, and she started talking about my Uncle Buster. Yes, that was his name. <laughs> oh. Like a ghost buster. Oh. Oh, oh no. I don't know if that's what she meant. Anyway, uh, she was talking about how he was a strong, powerful man, and when he spoke, people listened. Ooh, I like him. A commanding presence. Okay. She pointed over and said, he's buried right there. As the words were coming out of her mouth, the gear shifted into neutral and the car dramatically slowed down. There was no one on the road and the car was an automatic. What? Never happened before and never happened again. Oh my God. That's extra scary because like- Uncle Buster was like, look how strong I am. I can stop this car with my mind. They're- Side note was a time that I have never lived down and is still brought up to me pretty often, including, like, within the past week when my older sister, Rachel, was driving me home from probably, like, a party at night um, in the back roads in Newtown, Mm -hmm. Connecticut, which is, like, very woodsy and spooky at night. Um, It is beautiful. But but definitely, like, hill hill people down some parts of it. And so we were driving and... She was saying something to me, and I don't remember what it was, but then she goes, yeah, well, what about this graveyard? And swerved the car (laughs) right towards a graveyard. And it scared me so bad that I turned to her from the passenger seat and shrieked at the top of my lungs. And she was just like, ow! When Rachel (laughs) tells that story, she doesn't, she leaves out everything except for that you once screamed She was like, one time Robin yelled really loud in my ear. 
I know, and I know she's going to hear this. And the 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 lead in that story is that yeah, is that you scared the living shit <laughs> out of her? Scared me so bad. Patrick did that to me too, which I've told you many times. Yeah. Which he he said, do you want to go on a fun ride? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll spend Mm-mm. time with you, little brother. Thank you so much. Like, oh, drove me to a reservoir. Oh, parked the car right. <laughs> with like rolled all the windows down, pointed outside my window and said, that's where they found Mary Mount's body and then refused to leave. And then when he did make the decision to turn the car around, he, I thought he was joking, but he actually was having difficulty making a three point <gasps> turn Aww, and we were like sure. really struggling, no. scaring each other. Ugh. Oh, so, so scary. Ugh, one more anecdote. Sorry. Um, when I was in college, I went out to Long Island to visit my roommate, Nicole, at the time, my yep. freshman year. And there was, like, I th- am pretty sure it was an abandoned hospital, maybe an abandoned asylum. Ugh. That she drove me and our other friend to, and she was like, do you want to get out and look at it? It was, like, pitch black. And I got out, and she started, she, like, as a joke, started driving away. And I, like, <gasps> got real serious real fast and was like, that's really not funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's what fucked up you, dude. And I was like, that's really not cool. Like, I was oh genuinely free. <laughs> I, it is really uncool. It is. But, you know, it ended up, that trip was way worse. I was way worse to her than she was to me because I ended up, like, getting blackout drunk and being like, I'm going to get on the train, even though I don't have any of my things oh, or wallet or money with me. And I, I just like, got this. on the train and went back to our dorm and abandoned yeah, yeah. her. You told me about this. <sighs> but that's like when Patrick texts me pictures of the demon Valak from The Conjuring 2, even though he knows my response to it, right. is to stand up and yell. Oh, yeah. I was traumatized by the movie Tusk. Oh, <laughs> no. And there was one night um, when... Uh, Dan, our friend Dan, and his fiance Sarah were texting me like gifts from it, and I was just like, "You guys, my heart." I can't. It's not good. Or like when you wouldn't stop texting me pictures of that faceless cat. Okay, that's because I made a grave error. No pun intended, <sighs> guys. There was there was a funny cartoon oh of a God. cat like frowning and saying no that I was trying to find to use in that fun joking way oh man so i googled no face cat and as you might expect i guess what came up was not the cute cartoon cat it was a cat with no face it was a cat with no face and it was like a thousand images tiled over and over again of the same cat with no face and i was just like (gasps) no and i can't imagine if there were eyeballs there were there were eyeballs but there were no like structure it was like a they live type thing where it looked like somebody had pulled the like skin off of its face but it was so much worse than anything you're imagining i mean just google the the words no face cat yeah and and instead of sparing me from this you just immediately texted me the picture with no context no i told you what was up and you were like no (laughs) (laughs) i don't think so you were like you should have known yeah i was like i can't be alone i can't be the only person who has to deal with seeing this so i'm gonna make you see it yeah have you ever made a grave error like that please tell us yeah let us know even if it has nothing to do with anything weird yeah especially me tell me in advance what not to google that's that would be helpful hot tip don't Google no face anything mm-hmm. <laughs> unless it's something you really, you're ready. Yeah. Ugh, God, What's there's that? so many things I've Googled. Part two of Janet's email. All right, sorry. <clears throat> Janet, second story. Uh, one night my mom decided to make a pot roast and somehow passed out mid-cooking. <gasps> 
terrifying. I also oh. know for a fact that Janet has fallen asleep while cooking a sweet potato. Oh, and uh, spoiler alert. We know Janet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I woke up in the middle of the night to a house filled with smoke and her calling my name. Janet, Janet, Janet. I ran towards her room right as she was running out. We met in the hall and together put out the fire. The smoke detector batteries had died at some point without us knowing. I told her, Mom, if you hadn't called my name, I, ne- I wouldn't have even woken up. She turned, looked at me, and said, I never called your name. You called mine. I never said a word. Her name, also, Janet. So somebody <gasps> was calling out Janet. Oh. Which happens to be both of their my names. My yeah. God. Mm-hmm. So scary. Whoa, that one Whew. really gets me. Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of, like, a protective ghost, though. I know yeah. that my dad has a story about, I think it's the smell of bacon, like, was, like, a, a harbinger of, like, something otherworldly happening. And I'm Ooh. pretty sure he has a story about either him or his brother, and I don't remember which one of them it is, but, like, staying in a cabin... And waking up in the middle of the night, like a cabin, like in the middle of nowhere and smelling bacon in the middle of the night and like calling his parents and something had happened to one of them. You know, it's, it's nice to imagine like a ghost being like, Hey, wake up. You need to know that something's happening right now. That's such an interesting clue. Like if I woke up and was, and suddenly smelled a strong whiff of bacon, I wouldn't immediately say, I got to call my parents. I would just think to myself... Is someone cooking bacon? That's true, but I think, like, imagine you're at your parents' house and you know that nobody in the house is cooking bacon and there's no houses around Mm. for miles and you're alone in the house. That did happen to me this past week. I was asleep at my house and Mm -hmm. I woke up to the smell of fire. Uh Uh-huh. And it was so strong that I went room to room to check. What? And there wasn't one. Yeah. So I went back to sleep. And then I told my mom, and she was like, wake me up next Wait, time, Wait, was this Steph. in, like, the middle of the night? Yeah, I woke oh up. Oh, my God. I woke what up if, in like, the middle of the night. What if, like, your dryer had caught fire? Or, like, the attic, which I didn't check. Oh. I'm such an idiot. Yeah, next time you should for sure wake her up. <laughs> like, at a certain point, I was overcome, like, the tiredness won. <laughs> and I was just, like... <laughs> well, that like, was, like... <laughs> I guess it's death. <laughs> this... Past summer, I was staying at my friend Kate's house in in LBI, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and the door to the bedroom I was in was just opening and slamming itself shut oh, over and over no. again. I barely could have been, I couldn't have been awake for more than like 30 seconds, because I was just like, I saw it happening, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like... Whatever, it's got to be, like, from the fan or something. And I'm yeah. just so tired that I was like, even if it is a ghost, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, the next day, she was like, oh, yeah, that happens. But, like, at the time, I didn't even, like, stay awake long enough to get no. scared. I was just like, could you not? I ended up having to put my purse in front of it to stop it because closing the door wouldn't do the trick. Yeah. I should have been more scared, I think, than I was. But also, it was fine. It was the but fan. But that could have just been the wind. I mean nobody do, I don't do what we do if you wake up in the middle of the night tell, and if smell you, a if fire you smell something say something go wake up everybody else and tell them so don't do what I did which is let your parents sleep 
check a couple rooms, figure nothing's on fire, Mm -hmm. and then go back to sleep. Or do what I did, which is just be annoyed and go back to sleep. Like, I think I didn't even get out of bed. I think I threw my purse at the door to make it stop. I've done things like that, though, for sure. But I guess that's better. No, it's better safe than sorry, guys. You should get up. Definitely get up. Cause like, Definitely get up. You know. Because you don't want that to be your last sleep of all. Wake up dead. Oh, you wake up dead. Yeah, or wake up a ghost. Some people's sure. truest, truest fantasy. <laughs> and then you sit up and you're like, where am I? And you look back and your disgusting body is just yeah. laying there. And you're like, oh, God, I look so gross. Oh, it turns out there was a fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Also, there's, man, I mean, I I grew up in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. There is not a fire hydrant for, oh. like, 50 miles. Like, no, no, no. so, so far. Have you ever seen a house fire? I don't know. I saw one in college. I was at a party and the house next door caught fire while nobody was home. But, like, it took the fire department a really long time to get there. And, like, my idiot friends and I were just standing there, like, watching the windows, like, explode out of this house, like, from very close by. And it was, like, super dangerous looking back on it. Yeah, we definitely should have stayed, like... (laughs) As far away as possible, but well, we were just like, wow, it's actually, like, so beautiful. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I know. No, just, like, guys. the worst. <laughs> That's the shittiest. And the fire department got there and was like, please, like, kindly fuck off and, like, Yeah, stop Googling this tragedy. <laughs> yeah. I I think a house fire is up there with one of my worst fears. Yeah, for sure. Because well, it's fire. You can't, like, rein it I in just, or control it. It's like, just going to um, overtake within you. Within the past month installed smoke alarms here there were never smoke alarms before what what i thought was an old smoke alarm with no batteries in it turned out to be the like internal speaker for my doorbell because <laughs> oh i was like God. i'll just change out the batteries <laughs> and then it was like oh nope that's not what this is <laughs> that's well that's terrible also guys never live without smoke alarms that's that's you can know you can on. go up to i don't know four and a half years without them no turns out no, get them immediately. All right, yeah, you should get them. Get them immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Speaking of fire. <gasps> oh, my God, you guys. Yeah. Okay, so we convinced my aunt to tell us this truly terrifying story. I wasn't prepared for how scary this is. Yeah, and growing up, I only heard whispers of this story because I think that she rightfully felt it was too scary for me to hear as a child. But, so my mom's twin sister, Judy, I think she said it was the early 70s? Mid-70s, like 73, 75, I don't know. Was driving down, like, a pretty major road in Connecticut. Route 60-something, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember, but it was, like, near the Ridgefield, Newtown back roads or no Redding sorry Redding um near like where the Redding Roadhouse is which is like a honky-tonk bar sure is um so they were driving at night and they both swear up and down that just a woman engulfed in flames (laughs) just appeared out of nowhere and was like I, I think that she said there was no sound, right? No sound. No sound. That's a detail I asked like, her for. Like, yeah. visibly, like, screaming, I think, and running toward or walking towards the car and just, like, 
stumbling and making eye contact with them Mm -hmm. and, like, signaling to them and just flailing around on fire. And then, like, as she got a little closer to the car, just disappeared. And, like... That's... I think they just, like, didn't really... I think they were both just, like... I remember her saying that they looked at each other and were like, that happened, right? We need to make sure we both saw that. Yeah. So terrifying. And yeah, I mean, she said, like, I know for a fact I wasn't on any drugs. (laughs) I wasn't drunk. Like, and a second, like, the person in the car with me saw it also. But there were no, like, police reports or nothing to substantiate. Like, there was no crime involving a woman being on fire. That could explain it. Yeah, and even so, you couldn't have explained her disappearing. Yeah. So, I mean... God, it's so scary to think about. I think things are especially scary and unsettling when you're not the only one witnessing it. That's true, and there's something particularly deeply upsetting about having to see, like, somebody who acknowledges that they're, like, actively dying... So the idea that, like, this person would have been, like, burning to death and making eye contact with them is so scary because then you're like, I have to watch this person who is alive but realizes that they're about to die, which really freaks me out. Oh, no. Yeah. That's like when you told me about that, like, that geyser or the big hot spring spring. when people dive in to save their pets that go in there. Yeah, it was one guy, like... I, I think it was, like, within the past 20 years. A There's been jumped, more than one account. Yeah. But the, the really, like, sad one that I read was Ugh. this guy jumped in, and then as soon as he got out, said something like, it's I really bad, messed up. isn't it? Yeah, he was like, I really messed up, didn't I? And people were like, oh, I don't know, man. And then, like, his whole skin fell off. His skin just, is like, just sloughing immediately off. Immediately just did and not just make died. It. Yeah. But, like, he, like, oh. recognized... Before he died, he was like, oh, shit. I really done did it this time. Oh, I hope I don't go like that, man. I hope I'm just, like, oblivious to any kind of mistake I'm, I might have made. Right. At the very least, let it not be my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> let <laughs> me not very be least, like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that, should I? Or even if it is my own fault, just have don't me be have like, me know. well. Just, just, like, if I happen to just on purpose touch some horrible electrical wire. Yeah. Don't give me the the moment of realization mm-hmm. before death. I read a really interesting article this week about the radium girls. Have you ever? No, heard I don't know what this? that is. Girls who would paint really detailed uh, like clocks and watches with radium because it would glow. And so, oh. like in the early days after radium was discovered, they it was like. Everybody thought it was fine, so they would put it in, like, health tonics and stuff like that, and, like, toothpaste. Oh, my God. And so these women, called they're eventually called the radium girls, would paint these really delicate details on watch faces. They would dip the paint, or dip the uh, paintbrush in, like, a radium paint, and then pull it between their lips <gasps> to make it go to a really fine point and then I think like redip oh. it and then paint it. So they were just dosing themselves oh. with radium and eventually like the most horrifying thing that I read in the article that like really stuck with me was that some t- some of them would know 
that they had been poisoned by radium once they realized what was happening, like a way that they would recognize that they had it was they would look in the mirror at night and they would see the outline of their bones glowing and they would know that they had radium poisoning because it would be like in their bones and they would glow in the dark. Oh my God. I'm such an optimist that I may not, I may be so slow on the uptake. If that were to happen to me, I would be like, cool. I wonder what the, I, think I wonder at what first this is. They did because they, in the article, they also mentioned how they knew that radium glowed. So, like, girls who worked there would like paint their fucking teeth with radium, go out to bars and nightclubs and show off their glowing teeth and be like, check it out. It's pretty cool, right? Oh my God. And it was only once they realized that like they were dying from it that they would be freaked out by it. But imagine looking in the mirror and seeing your bones glowing. You'd be like, oh, fuck. No, I'm, I'm thinking I'd be like, that's awesome. Yeah, but until, this is after you found out that, like, radium poisoning is a thing. Yeah, until I found that out, I, I think it was the coolest yeah, thing ever. Yeah, I think they did. I think they were like, oh, cool, my teeth glow. Or, like, I can see all my ribs. Yeah, I think at that point you're already dying. Oh, man. Oh, it's so scary. Oh, man. Yeah, sorry. <sighs> Big bummer. Well, if you ever see a ghost that's just a glowing skeleton, odds are. Ask her. Ask her what her job was. Yeah. She's probably painting watch faces for 14 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> Not man. even worth it. Imagine the things that we're doing on a daily basis that's just killing us. I mean, I used to slam back... 18 to 20 ounces of sugar-free Red Bull on my way to work every morning. And I would challenge myself to chug it between the bodega and the subway. And that's like <laughs> a less than two-minute walk. And that's I'd be like, nothing. let me do it. And then I just full-on got cancer. Does so, sugar f- just to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's There's a whole thing. Does sugar-free gum, is that still something people are like? That yeah, probably. I think anything with aspartame, people are not... Does all sugar-free gum have aspartame in it? I think most of it does. Even a Trident? I mean, I don't know why one brand would be different. I don't know either. Do you have it with you? We can look. No. Well, either way. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I Even just, like, looking at a computer, I'm like, this probably is killing me. Yeah, I feel that way, too. But even when I, like, had to get chemo, I was like, you know what? <laughs> If my computer kills me, then so fucking be it. I was like, I'm I not know. giving it up. I was like, I'll, yeah. I will literally give up everything else in my life. And like I did, I was like, I'm not giving up my computer. And I like, <laughs> like sleep next to it every night. That's what like my find what you love and let it kill you. Just find what you love and let it kill you. That's a yeah. I mean, we all gotta go some way. If you if I have to go spooning my computer, then I'll yeah. Then, let it drag me to hell. If you want to go making out with your cell phone, that is your right. I don't want my mouth near it at all because I know what kind of, like, toilet paper dispensers I've rested my phone on. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're just cesspools. Yeah. Petri dishes It's on my bed right now, disease. and I am a, I, now that I said that, I'm, like, not thrilled about it. Everything is disgusting and killing us. Yeah. But at the same time... Nothing I mean, matters, there's nothing so we fine. can do. Yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing we can do. Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. 
<laughs> this took a turn. This took a Woo! real turn. No, it's fine. Everything's oh, fine. Oh, man. Everybody relax. We're oh, all future oh, ghosts. Oh, What? I, I wanted to tell you and our, our fun ghost listeners <laughs> about my family ghost tale. <gasps> Please. Um, so, you know, as Robin and I have started this podcast, we've just been talking about it to our, our folks and after the first recording, I was driving with my mom, and I was kind of talking about it. And I was like, Mom, give me more ghost stories, because I know you have 8 million. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, our house in Fairfield, the first house we had was really haunted. And I hadn't known that. Apparently, there was an old woman that died that whose house that had been. But that's another story. Side note, <laughs> a candle just went out. Sorry. Oh my god. Keep going. I don't even know if I can because right before we started recording, we were talking a lot about no, no, demons. No, no, no. We're not going to talk I got about really it. really scared. No, no, no. I can see from here that it's burned out. Like it's burned all the way down. Dude, so it's fine. I'm real spooked to the core. Well, <laughs> at least you're not sleeping in a haunted house tonight for a change. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Okay, so. I lived in this house when I was, like, a baby until I was two years old. I, d- I don't remember it at all. But apparently, in my nursery, there was a a little section that had shelving, like a yellow shelf, a red shelf, and a blue shelf on- attached onto the wall. Cute. With all little, you know, baby stuff. Mm-hmm. And my parents had found or were given this little gnome with a little blue hat. And... It was just a cute thing that they decided to put in my nursery, the nursery gnome. And it sat underneath the yellow shelf. And that was its home. That's where it belonged. Yeah. And apparently, I started at this young age to kind of talk nonsense, but then like some sentences and words that made that made sense. And That's my mom... That's the spookiest time to start talking. Because, oh, yeah. yeah. When it's an, an amalgamation of real words and <laughs> well, sounds. Well, kids supposedly are also more um, receptive to seeing spooky things. Oh, yeah. I for sure was. Um, so my, my mom would hear me kind of holding a conversation in a way that I wasn't just babbling, but it was a statement, a waiting period Ugh. for a response. And then my response. Ugh, no. And I would be laughing at at something. And so she'd walk in and I'd be standing in my crib. And she'd kind of smile and I'd be really happy. No. And I would say, the man, the man. <laughs> and she'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, just thinking that I was saying a word that I learned. Yeah. And one day she walked in. And I was especially excited, and I was standing up in my crib, holding the edges, and pointing and saying, the man, the man, and the gnome was in the middle of the room facing my crib. Mm -mm. And my mom was like, I donated it to the Goodwill, and I regret to this day not smashing it. Oh, my God. And then I asked my dad just to have his second opinion on this, and he was like, yeah, that was 
a really messed up thing that happened. <laughs> and my dad's pretty pragmatic. Yeah. He's not going to leap to conclusions. But even he was like, yeah, I did not want that gnome to stay in the house oh, after that God, experience. That's scary. And you think like a gnome is like a benevolent friend that lives in your garden. Well, and you know I love fairies and whatnot. Of course. I have never liked a gnome. Well, did I've you always ever thought think they were creepy. Perhaps you're a changeling. God damn it. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Am I? You're going to have to ask. Uh, your mom. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've never liked gnomes. I've always thought they were really creepy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I was never, like, into them, but I associate them with just, like, garden helpers. No, something about gnome statues. And now I know it's because it makes sense there was a haunted gnome statue like in my nursery. Also, things that belong outside, don't put them inside a baby's nursery. That's true. Don't what do your, it. What is your, like, comfort toy growing up? It was a gigantic stuffed bunny Aww. that I named Butty. Cute. Without the ends. Could you not say it? I think that was part of it. I got it when I was, like, maybe three, three and a half years Aww. old. Butty, who I would always confuse my parents because... I would switch the gender pronoun, like, almost every day mm-hmm. or by the hour. Yeah. So they'd be like, do you and her? And I'd be like, he. <laughs> <laughs> and like, indignantly, like, just be, like, correcting them. <laughs> she. Super progressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even, like, I still have Buddy to this day. And when I look inside my soul, I'm like, no, that's, like, that's, that's true. Yeah. This is, a, this is both. Yeah, <laughs> like this, a gender fluid. This is just friend. my bunny. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want to have to think of it that Aww, way. That's so. That, yeah. that's like a very childlike way to personify your stuffed animals. Being like, it's nothing because I don't have to think about that yet. Yeah, but which is like very earnest and sweet. Being yeah. like, it doesn't matter. So, but it's also both. like happily correcting yeah. people. Oh yeah. Well, sure. I like, mean, it's. Like, it's a it's he. Your world. Yeah. It's you and Buddy's world and your parents What are was just your comfort thing? I think I just had a blanket named Blanky. Yeah. I mean, I know that I had, when I was a little older, I had a series of walrus stuffed animals. Series? And, yeah, because I lost one, and so I got a replacement, and then I found the first one. I was like, oh, now I have two. And um, I know that Rachel had glowworm. Yeah, we had that, that too. That Glowy, and that's always, like, had a, I've had a soft spot for that guy. Um, Patrick was young enough to be just the right age for Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, so which scary. Which would sleep in his bed, and I remember one night waking up to, like, ha, ha, ha. No. <laughs> that is an example of a toy that's just, like, created only on to it. haunt you. He was rolling on it while he was sleeping and, like, got it right in the, hit the right nerve so Elmo would not fucking stop laughing. Yeah. And I <laughs> lost my mind that night. It should, honestly, I don't know if it had an off switch, but, God, it should have. Oh, it was the worst. Just, like, at least a snooze button. Oh, sucked. But, I I mean, I know that Zoe, my younger sister, had at least one Furby, and those are also Ooh. just, like, Satan machines where, like, they're I mean, just begging for, like, <sighs> like upside-down German to come out of their little beaks. Did you ever have, um, we had this amazing thing. It was a one of those animatronic cassette 
storytelling animals. A Teddy Ruxpin. But it oh, wasn't we had a that. goose. We had, we a, had a goose, goose. too. Yeah. And I loved yeah, her. Yeah, that was a sweetie. And her little eyelashes would like flap up and down. And she had a neck that you could like crank mm-hmm. to be a different. Yeah, that was oh, sweet. Oh, I loved like, her. I loved her. But now if I walked in a house and I saw that, I'd be like, hell no. Um, I can tell you from my own personal experience that when I tested out the mother goose yeah. and it malfunctioned, it was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so it's yeah. like the the cassette's like, rah, 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 rah. No. When <laughs> and it's like the beak is going all ugh, weird. That's so troubling. It's horrible. Yeah, it's not good. I found, uh, like, I guess at this point it was probably like seven or eight years ago in my dad's old studio. Um, I found like a box that had an old yak back in it and it had Rachel's childhood voice preserved on it (gasps) saying something. And it was just like really, really cool. But also I was very freaked out by it because I was just like, yeah, where am I? (laughs) What year is it? Oh man, that's so cool. And was it the yak back that was like a shape of a pen? No, that was a different thing, but I know what you're talking about because we had that too. That's the one we had, and I remember being like, "This it is wasn't an a talk boy, but it was privacy. called something like that." Yeah, and it was like a spy thing. Yeah, we also had the sunglasses that have mirror on the side, so you can look behind you. Oh, oh, those are good though. Yeah, that's I a wish spy that thing was too. my sunglasses right now. Well, I'm yeah. pretty sure you can probably get them on like, you know, Oriental Trade and Co. or something. Great catalog. <laughs> Alibaba.com. Really good. I don't know. Let's bring it back home. <laughs> Let's just bring it back home. Because we could talk about, like, creepy toys. Oh, night and day. Nonstop. All Nonstop. night, all day, you guys. In one, one episode, I will say this, I will talk about something that it scares me to even look up and what? research. Robert the Doll? Robert the Doll. You know, I wanted to go see him when Rachel and I were in Key West, and we just, like, didn't get around to it. And at the time, I was disappointed. But now I'm like, thank fucking no. God. No, I, I can't even see pictures of Robert the doll because I think he has powers to, like, get to me through this I know. pictures. I don't like to even say this out loud, but he has a little potato face. And it really, it adds to the fear factor for Yeah, me. and I don't like how he's dirty. Like, he's <laughs> smudged and, like... I don't like that he's wearing a little sailor outfit because my personal no. fashion icon is a little teddy bear dressed like a sailor. Yeah. And to me, it feels like a personal... And he's holling it on too. my brand mm-hmm. to have a haunted little sailor doll. Yeah, he's holding a teddy bear, really? Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, the Warren Museum has. Is it Annabelle? Yeah, that's Annabelle. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chill with that doll. You don't want to go. I I'll go to the museum, but I'm gonna just avoid that doll. I think it's like the size of my room. I don't think you can <sighs> avoid it. I can choose not to look in the direction of it. I know it's behind glass in on like a pedestal. It's the main feature. I think the solution is we just shouldn't go. You know what, too? Because that I is, know I'm going to be a dick if I see it in real life. I'm I know. mess with it. And the thing that I hate about it most is that I think it's a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, it definitely is a Raggedy Ann doll. <gasps> and I, like, and they I have loved the, my Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Ann. No, their, their faces really scare me. I liked them because scarecrows don't scare me. That's incorrect. That's the wrong answer. It's <laughs> the wrong response to a scarecrow. Scarecrows don't scare me that bad. But I think because I think of the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz and I love him. Sure, but 
he had a human face with just like a painted nose. Raggedy Ann has like, there's something about button eyes that feel very wrong and like threatening to me. And Did she have button eyes? I thought my, I think mine was embroidered. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But there's something about those beady black eyes that I just, yeah, I don't love it. I, get I mean, that. I don't really like any dolls except for my sloth. Doll, sure. stuffed animal, but that's a stuffed animal. Yeah. I did oh, like man. Barbies, but that's mostly because I could like make them wear like cool hot outfits. I don't even think that counts as a doll. I think that counts as like a little tiny, like a real life sim. What? Because you don't really treat it like like a doll you take care of and like That's it's true. like a baby and you like brush it's like you never would take your Madame Alexander doll I and never put it in a dream house. <laughs> you would if you could. I mean, I was sadistic to my American Girl doll, only in the sense that I chopped all of her hair off, um, and we had to send her to the doll hospital. What American Girl did you have? Felicity. And I cut all of her beautiful red hair off, Aww. and we sent her to the doll hospital, and they had to fix it, and they sent her back with, like, a... <laughs> Get well soon, balloon. Oh, <laughs> I know. I had I had Molly. She was great, Rachel because, and Molly. Uh, I can't deny that I'm exactly as boring. No, and, Molly was and like goody a, goody. She was a she cool was. tomboy. She was very cool. She loved overalls and she had helping those great war glasses. <laughs> she had good round glasses. Yep, and her dad, I think, was at war. Yeah, yeah, and something to do with like. I know that she had to go on an adventure through the rain. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. let's get back on track. Yeah, what we're saying is, uh, I don't know, toys are, toys are bad news. As Avoid we've toys. mentioned before, anything can be haunted. Mm-hmm. We just thought that this week we would do straight-up ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, it's so hard to just pick one ghost. I know. So I tried not to put that pressure on myself this week. Yeah. I tried to just pick one that I thought was fun and go with it. Sure. The one that I did. Now, this is going to be a little long, so I'll try and speed through it a little. No, you take your time. So I researched the South Shields poltergeist. Yes. Ooh, more polters. Yeah. But... What I love about this one is that it's a modern-day haunting <gasps> that is well-documented. Wait, is it current? Is it happening right now? 2005. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta settle in for this. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> in late 2005, Mark and Marianne, which are pseudonyms used to protect the victims, mm-hmm. I wrote in parentheses from ghosts. Um, (laughs) first began experiencing poltergeist activity at their home in South Shields, England. At the time, the couple was living in a quiet suburb with their three-year-old son, Robert. Not the doll. No. Not the doll. Different Robert. Um, it started out simply with doors opening and closing and strange creaks and sounds in the walls. Chairs started stacking themselves and large pieces of furniture would move across the floor on their own. Typical poltergeist things. How big a piece of furniture? Like, you know, dressers and Oh, a dresser? Yeah. That's pretty big. Large pieces of furniture. Wow. Um, Soon the couple started to notice dramatic temperature drops within the home. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Big sign for all all those who don't know. It's right up there with like a sulfur smell. Things escalated when Marianne awoke one night to something hitting her in the head and sat up to discover that one of Robert's toys had been thrown at her with significant force. When she went to wake Mark up to tell him what had just happened, 
a barrage of stuffed animals and toys <gasps> flew at them, seemingly coming from nowhere and moving in strange trajectories towards them. So they weren't just being thrown in like a straight arc towards them. They were like flying through the air and then thwacking them in the face. Guys, guys, um, don't buy toys. No, never. Don't buy toys. Don't make toys. You know, Can TV. my children are going to have a red wagon and sticks. Like a sticks stick from hoop? the outside. No, just stuff they make on their own. I don't know. That seems almost more dangerous. Ugh, it ha- it it worked once. Well, okay. I, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but like once in time. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> well, anyway, so when the couple tried shielding themselves with their duvet. Keep in mind, this is, like, 2005. Like, this was recent, and they were, like, taking photos of things. You can look this stuff up. Oh, my God. Um, An unseen hand ripped the covers off of them from the far corner. After fighting a sort of tug of war with the invisible force, Mark suddenly cried out in pain. Uh, This tug of war stopped suddenly. He lifted up his shirt to reveal that he had 13 burning red (gasps) scratches across his back. And, like, 13 is a lot. And it's more than two hands worth. (laughs) Um, So from that point forward, all the poltergeist activity documented at the house was violent. And almost all of it seemed to involve Robert's toys. I hate that. The couple once discovered a rocking horse hanging from the ceiling fan. Oh my god. And this will really get you. A stuffed animal bunny sitting at the top of their staircase <gasps> holding a box cutter <gasps> in its little paw. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Not a bunny. To make things worse, all of Robert's toys started moving on their own, mostly just rolling around, but they would let out moaning sounds and creaks. Uh, like, um, uh, and at, on at least one occasion, the sink filled up with what appeared to be blood, and when it reached the point of overflowing, it disappeared. This was 2005, so the couple had cell phones on which they started receiving terrifying text messages, saying things like, you're going to die today, just go now, die bitch, RIP, and other similar things which investigators couldn't trace the source of. I read on a different site that they trace the source of it, but it was coming from their own landline inexplicably. So I don't know which one is true. Neither are comforting. So similar messages to the text would appear scratched into their child's doodle board inexplicably. And like he was three, so there's no way that he did it. This one's officially too scary. Mm -hmm. Marianne's cell phone would also be called nonstop from her home's landline, even when she knew no one was at home. Do you know why this especially scares me? Because you use a landline at home? Not only that, but we get calls from our own house to our landline. Stop. All the time. But my family's just been like, ha weird. Well, do you have like some weird fax things that I'm... No. I don't know, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Gotta go throw out all the toys. Yeah, rip those phones out of the wall. And throw out all the toys. Any toys that are in your house, definitely throw out. But nostalgia. No, burn them. It's just like that one cool... Power Rangers, where the head would flip into the... Oh, that is a cool one, yeah. Yeah. You should, if anything, sell that. Mm. Anyway, soon after the messages began, the couple hired a pair of private investigators to help them, which I think is a great idea. Sure. I would have done that after night one. I would have moved out of the house so fast. That's true. And I would have been like, Robert, 
you gotta go stay with somebody because you can't stay here. Also, no more toys for the no rest more of toys. your life. You're staying with, you're staying with your grandma, and you two are gonna get along. I can't believe even a rocking horse, something so I know old and not fashion-y. even that it was rocking back and forth uncontrollably. It was like something hanged. hanged it from a noose. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the two private investigators they hired were skeptical. But they soon began experiencing strange phenomena, too. Oh, my God. The more they investigated, the more the poltergeist seemed to lash out in anger. Toys would speak in low, <gasps> creepy voices. Knives would fly across the room oh, on their no. own. And the guys were so convinced that there was a poltergeist in the house that they set up motion detection cameras determined to capture it on film. Uh, the investigators caught tons of activity on camera, including doors opening and closing, objects levitating, blankets being torn off beds, lampshades swinging violently, and furniture balancing at impossible angles. They also witnessed the entity in a tangible form one night, claiming to have seen a large dark shape appear on the balcony and skulk around outside of Robert's room. <gasps> one of the investigators described what he saw as, quote... I don't know if I want to know this one. You have to. Okay. The entity walked slowly from the bathroom across the landing into the bedroom. As it passed the door to Robert's room, it paused and stared icily at me. Its face, devoid of all features such as eyes, nose, or mouth, was cold and menacing. It felt like it was burrowing into my soul. It was large, maybe two meters in height, and midnight black. It was a three-dimensional silhouette that just radiated sheer evil. Oh. So, like... That's really specific. It's specific, and it, like, doesn't get much, I feel, scarier than that. Except for, like, if you are seeing, like, a ring ghost. I don't know. That's pretty... That's horrible. A featureless face. You know that a no-face face, you know how that makes me feel. I mean, we don't even have to touch on that if you don't want to. But no. Sure, I know. I know how it makes you feel. A few days later, the team all saw Mark get attacked again, and once more, the large scratches appeared on his back. The same investigator is quoted as saying, "Quote: You could actually watch the scratches forming. First, an elongated red patch, then sharply defined scratches within it. Cuts started to appear on the right-hand side of his back." They immediately bled. Then Mark's skin started to change color. It went dark, almost as if it was sunburnt. I've seen film and stills of poltergeist scratches appearing before, but nothing like this. And, of course, as seems to be the case pretty often with cases like this, the activity stopped as abruptly as it began. Crazily enough, the couple still lives in the (gasps) same house. Because some people never learn. What? Mm-hmm. I really want to know how Robert's doing. Um, probably not too chill. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, did you ever hear about the Danny Poltergeist? I don't know. I think I'm getting it right, maybe the name. Um, there was a similar, it's just similar because there was a son. Yeah. But I think he and his dad bought an antique bed frame. I have heard and about this. It was haunted. Yeah, <laughs> and it caused this. all kinds of commotion. Uh, did we talk about this before? I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, he like laid in the bed. The, like his brother laid in the bed and taunted it. Right, and then like yeah, something bad. I, I don't remember. 
but yeah, I know. And then it just suddenly stopped. Yeah, it's like, guys, just because it suddenly stops doesn't mean you're like, and this house is clean. What is she saying, Poltergeist? This house is clean or clear? I don't know. Clean, maybe? I don't remember. But, guys, if it just stops, it doesn't mean it's cool. No, if anything, it's just... means it's the calm before the storm. Gaining more strength to come back stronger. Yeah. In Poltergeist, don't they think the house is clean? Yeah. And then, like, it gets even worse, and, like, Joe Beth Williams has to... was tricked into swimming in that actual pool of actual skeleton dude any time that you think let's just sleep one more night in the house don't no go get a hotel if if bring as little with you from the house as possible also if your director tells you they're definitely not real skeletons get in the pool joe beth <laughs> oh wait. i beg you not to wait wait those were real wait. skeletons <laughs> oh no yeah dude I did not know that. I thought you meant someone in the movie tricked him. No. Oh, no. That scene where she's struggling to get out of the an, an unfinished pool that's mud with skeletons. They're real human skeletons. And I believe she did not know beforehand. Wow. I'm not sure. I don't know if she knew or not, but I I really don't think so. I mean, I don't think anybody would be like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, that was back when it was movies were just like, there's no safety rules here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It Thinking about that scares me so bad. And yeah. also, if I were her, I would have to be in like constant specific therapy about that one thing yeah <laughs> like separately from any other I mean, therapy anytime that someone forces you to have an intimate experience with something without telling you the truth about it yeah that's, that's like a horrible violation i introduced you to a friend and then afterwards i was like guess what that was like an, an alien from outer space yeah or like, like the time like, what yeah or the time my dad made me dinner and then i ate it and then he told me it was it was veal Oh, and you know what? Great. That's rude. It's it's not only rude. It's it's a violation of your personal especially when you're a child. Yeah, that's pretty not great. My dad did that a, with a lot of different meats. Actually. Oh god, where <laughs> he, was he getting all these meats? He hunted a lot. Oh. And he would feed me and Tommy like a, a strange meat and we just ate it cuz we're his children and then he'd be like, "Guess what that is?" It's pheasant. No. Or, like, uh, it's a baby deer. Ugh. Well, um, every time you eat meat, you're eating a piece of a ghost. Yeah, that's actually true. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know what you were talking about, about being afraid that that was going to be some <laughs> kind of a letdown, because that's, like, that's the scariest one I've heard in a really long time. Yeah. I just feel wow. like sometimes I feel safe being like, I have my phone with me. I have my computer, but... Those things can get definitely haunted, too. Yeah, what if you got, a, like, a ghost hack your computer and started se- started sending you I'd be like, messages. I don't care, but just make sure my stuff's backed up. Just, like, put it on a Dropbox. <laughs> I have nothing of importance. I just have a lot of bad <laughs> Photoshops that I'm proud of. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> anyway. Oh, man. You got I one? also, I do, but I, I can't stop talking about this. I, I hate... A ghost's choice to use an innocent object like a toy, too. Yeah, but that's their bread and butter. I know, but anything that seems pure, leave it the fuck alone. 
just can you just go for something that's already no, creepy? No, that's the whole thing. They're gonna do. They're gonna <sighs> get attached to something that you trust. On it purpose. makes me just wonder, like, wh- why? Like you would never be like, my stuffed animal bunny is gonna like get a box cutter, but sometimes you're wrong. But this ghost, like, if we if we think that ghosts were all human beings at one point that were alive. What the fuck is this guy's problem? Like, what? What is Maybe he have against? Maybe they just know that somebody is paying a lot of attention to these toys. So they're like, I'm going to go into the thing that's being paid attention to. But why would he scratch that dad? I don't know. Sometimes you do what you got to do. No, know. stop defending him. <laughs> I'm just playing devil's I advocate. I feel as though, who would this, who could this possibly have been while alive? No, it probably, I don't know if it was a ghost or maybe it was a demon. Who's to say? I'm, okay, I'm going to put a, a a serious kibosh, is that the right word? Yeah. On 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 Demon Tales for like a week, okay? Because okay. I don't think I can we don't it. have to talk about it, but I just <gasps> want you to know they're all around us and they're waiting to get inside you. Stop it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sleep in your bed instead of on your couch. Well, guess what? If you sleep in my bed, I'm going to sleep under it and I'm going to reach up from under it in the middle of the night and grab your feet. <laughs> I'm immune to that because I have cats. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it Anything, feels different when it's a human hand, though. I don't know. We'll Dude, see. Dude, <laughs> oh my god, man. Are you more afraid of, like, swinging your legs over the bed and having a, a monster grab your feet or walking up the stairs from a basement and being chased by a monster? Hmm. I've, of, of course, imagined both of those scenarios before. I think I'm I'm more afraid of being caught in bed and vulnerable. I yeah, that makes sense. I mean, personally, I'm more afraid of being chased because I know that I'm not athletic and I wouldn't make it. I mean, I get winded really easily, so I wouldn't I would But give how up are you more pretty quick? How are you positioned better in your bed? Than you would be on your feet. I don't know. You yoink your feet up. At least you have your phone with you, maybe. So you can, like, FaceTime somebody and be like, look at this. I don't know. But it can come out from under the bed. And then you're just on the bed. Waiting for it. Yeah, but what if it pulls you into the basement and you, like, thwonk your head on the stairs on the way down. And then you wake up in a a ghost's lair. I I don't know. Both aren't good. I also kind of like to preserve my bed as a sacred space, and I don't like... Me too. Look at my beautiful bed. It's lovely. Robin just got some gorgeous new sheets. Mm -hmm. I Um, bought them from a children's (laughs) homeware store, which they do make full-size sheets. Yeah. They're not not child size. No. Yeah, they're really nice. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's That's a good question. I think if I had to... In my mind, whenever a ghost or demon or any kind of malevolent thing mm-hmm. is about to attack me while I'm in my bed. Yeah. Which is something that I... Anytime you know, it happens. Yeah. Anytime I go to sleep, which I'm like, what night. would I do? What's my strategy? I decide that I'm going to pretend like I'm... Uh, that I'm sleeping, but know that it's there. hmm And then throw myself full force <laughs> into it. To try to knock it off center. What? And then run out of my room. But what if it reaches up with, like, six-foot-long, like, iguana hands? In my imagination, it's not coming out from under my bed. It's coming towards me like a walking person would. 
Sometimes I think about, um, what's the movie where the kid, like, mind travels in his sleep with Rose Byrne? Oh, oh. I think about that movie. I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. And in that movie, there's, like, a demon ghost that, like, crouches in the upper corner of the kid's room, and I think about that all the time, so I'm like... There's, if I open my eyes and there's a fucking, like, spider-shaped demon crouching, like, gravity-less in the corner, I, yeah. <laughs> of course I'm I'm not going to be thrilled, but I'm going to be extra spooked if it's just, like, at a height that a person shouldn't be at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drop down on you. Ugh. I, I heard this somewhere, and this is not useful against ghosts or any kind of paranormal mm-hmm. anything. But I heard that if you're at home and somebody, like, breaks in to harm you or steal and it's nighttime, what you should do is turn off all the lights. So they can't see you because you know your own house better than them? Yes. You know that I saw that movie, Don't Breathe, and it scared the shit out of me. That one is so scary. But the night I watched it, I was here alone and I, like, watched it in bed And then in the middle of the night, I woke up, like, fully convinced somebody was breaking into the house. But I was so lazy about it that all I did was lock the door to my bedroom. I was like, I'm not going to go check. Again, when we're asleep, we do the bare minimum. Yeah, I was like, I don't give a fuck if anybody else is in this house. Take anything you want. R.I.P. Just don't come in here and leave when you're done. (laughs) The other thing about my house right now is that my bedroom door doesn't lock or close. That's for the best, though. You should not isolate yourself in that house. I don't know, but then I can't lock myself against an intruder. Nobody's going to break... That's the least of your worries in that house. Okay, if, if you say so. Oh, my God. Well, if I, anything, my dog you have to worry about, me. like, a ghoulish figure, like, floating past your door at night. Yeah, doors don't stop ghosts. And that's a fact. DVSG. Oh, DVSG. <laughs> well, mine... Mine is not very scary at all. Oh. I chose like a fun, <laughs> a fun. It's good to end it up. Benevolent fun ghost. Note. Let's have and some fun. Believe it or not, there are some pretty fun ones that are just hanging out. Um, I chose Resurrection Mary. <gasps> yeah. Go on. She's great. Um, classification. Vanishing Hitchhiker, one of my Ooh, favorite ones. That's fun. That is fun. Yeah, because they it's just like a weird, like, what was, what? Like, <laughs> what was I that? Swear, I just saw a woman. Yeah, well, I so guess we'll never know. Vanishing Hitchhiker ghosts have obviously been around ever since automobiles. Sure. Actually, since... Carriages? Yeah, since like horse and buggy yeah. days. So, they don't normally hurt you or, or stick around that long. Mm-hmm. And I like them because it's like the perfect... Like, silly prank, like, yeah. thing. So, <laughs> silly prank? Yeah, <laughs> silly prank. <laughs> or you're living in a constant nightmare where yeah. you're, like, reliving in one moment over and over again. Sure. Um, so where is this happening? Resurrection Cemetery. Oh, this whole, so this whole haunting uh-huh. takes place in Justice, Illinois, which is southwest of Chicago, about a half-hour drive. Okay. And um, it's between two main locations. The first... Resurrection Cemetery, mm-hmm. which is on Arthur Avenue, which is a main road in, I guess, through Illinois. Okay. 
here's a little bit about the town. Justice was established in 1911, which is only about, it's like within 20 years of this haunting. Oh, okay. Um, and the second location, oh no, first, Resurrection Cemetery. It looks to, it looks from my research to be like a Catholic cemetery. Okay. Consecrated in 1904. So it existed before the town was even a town. Older than the town. The other location is Willowbrook Ballroom. Ooh. Which the Willow the Willowbrook Ballroom was a dance ballroom and banquet facility located in Willow Springs, Illinois, along Archer Avenue. So between Willowbrook Ballroom and the cemetery is mm-hmm. about 3.7 miles. Okay. Like a 7 to 10 minute drive. Yeah, yeah. Which is important. Okay. So this ballroom was amazing. It was founded in 1921 by John Verderbar, an industrious Austrian immigrant. Oh. And it was originally named O. Henry Park. Guess what? What? It was after the candy bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. His son, Rudy, who was obsessed with dancing at ballrooms. Sure. In the 1910s, there were just, like, hundreds of ballrooms around Mm -hmm. Chicago. It was a thing. So... Uh, he convinced his, his dad to buy this so ballroom. Just, wow. Um, I'm just picturing the ballroom from The Shining. Oh. Like in full swing. Well, this place was rockin'. But, but basically, it took some convincing, but after going dancing at an outdoor pavilion mm-hmm. in Michigan, Rudy waged a relentless campaign to scrap the idea of a summer home and force his family to build an outdoor dance pavilion. No. Yeah, but it, it went fine. It sure. was great. Okay. Um. After some convincing and research, his dad agreed. In 1921, the all wooden, I also remember that, mm. O. Henry Park was built. It proved so popular that in 1923, the pavilion was enlarged. They did renovations. Nice. And a new ten cents a dance policy was implemented. Ugh, that's my personal policy. Well, sure, but when someone's God, like those bills add up, I know. But if anyone's like, may I have this dance? I'm like, ten cents, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, just enough to get yourself a candy bar. Oh yeah, just a couple grapes. <laughs> the ballroom was supposedly named. Oh, I already said this. Yeah, after the candy bar, um, which I guess makes sense because that candy bar was made in Chicago. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make it any. <laughs> I think it has something to do it's with... It's like the, a hilarious thing to be like, I'm a child and what do I like? Candy bars and dancing. Candy bars and dancing. Come on down to Old Henry Park where you can eat candy and dance for 10 yeah. cents. Come to my Actually, new dance hall. that sounds awesome. Hershey Bar Arena. That, that would work on me. No, yeah, I mean... I'd be there in a split. Imagine if they had candy bars, like they were giving out like little Halloween samples there. Ooh, Ugh, all fun day, size? All night. Ten cents should get you a dance and a fun size, yeah. Mm. Anyway, keep well, going. we can tell them. <laughs> in 1930, the pavilion was destroyed in a <gasps> devastating fire. No! Remember how it, it was, was made out wood. of wood? Yeah, as many things were in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Verdebar quickly assembled a team of 200 carpenters. Wow. To construct an enormous outdoor dance floor in time for the next Saturday night. Wait, what? One week. I'm sorry, like. 
just for the sake of his son having really been into mm-hmm. dance or because it was so profitable? I think because this guy was a mastermind genius because the publicity of hiring that yeah. many people and making a new dance hall in a week yeah. did do wonders. And it was it was a madhouse when they reopened. So... In 1959, the O. Henry Complex was renamed Willowbrook Ballroom. I think it was, I think it maybe because it was sold, I'm not sure. I do know that there was a big shift in what young kids like to do. Yeah. And ballroom dancing was on the decline. Um, however, they were bringing in like record players and stuff now. So, I mean, they had people coming. And performing, like, for example, the Crying Shames, Chubby Checkers, the Buckinghams, Otis Day and the Nights, the Village People, and Martha Reeves. Apparently, in 2000, the Willowbrook Ballroom was profiled as one of America's glorious, historic, legendary, treasured ballroom dance floors. A lot of nice words. In Amateur Dancers Magazine. Aww. Which... We should, we should subscribe. subscribe to. Yeah, this is a lot about the ballroom, but I got pretty deep in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I just, you're doing it. Ugh, I got, I'm invested. Um, it's got a rich history. Yeah. So, that's that. Uh-huh. That's that ballroom. Cool. It was the fucking place. So, here's, here's kind of the, the folklore. Okay. Because Resurrection Mary... No one actually knows who she was, who Mary was. But they say it's the 1930s, some year. Mary was dancing with her boyfriend at the Willowbrook Ballroom, then known as O'Henry's. Mm-hmm. She and her beau get in an argument. She storms out into the rainy, cold, and dark night. Oh, no. I think snowy cold, actually. That's mm-hmm. my bad. Snowy, cold, and dark night. She would, I mean, she would rather walk home in the miserable weather than spend, like, another goddamn second with her boyfriend. (laughs) And probably because he wouldn't give her that fucking ten cents. Well, yeah, what are you going to do? Stand there and watch everyone dance? Yeah. She walks along the side of the road towards home and at some point is struck by a car. No. The driver which flees. She dies at the scene. Sad the side of the road and her parents were left to find her the next day they bury her in resurrection cemetery which also happens to be pretty much exactly where she died Mm -hmm. um you know what year was this what's mary's boyfriend's name why wasn't there an investigation (laughs) well this is probably made up tale so we don't know (laughs) but yeah they also think that this could have been two women named mary who died tragically and young that are buried in that cemetery. But neither of them look like the ghost. Weird. But I'll get to that. Okay. So legend has it that Mary came back. (gasps) Our haunting began in the 1930s, pretty much right after this happened. You gotta get on happened. Yeah. No time to waste. And is still going strong to this day. Nice. Or is it? We'll get to that in just a moment. All right. It always begins the same. It always begins with a man driving northeast on Archer Avenue. Mm-hmm. The earliest Mary sightings claim that a young woman was attempting... It's always a man, too. 
It's a man claiming that a young woman was attempting to jump onto the running boards of the car as they passed by Resurrection Cemetery. Running boards, which I had to look up, are like the little step stool right before yeah, you get into yeah. the car. So imagine someone running trying full to speed jump onto them at your car and jumping onto them and then vanishing. I mean, to be fair, I guess probably back then the running boards were wider and more prominent. Yeah, it would be like a garbage man on the back of a truck, I guess. Like, you could potentially stand on one. Yeah, yeah, okay. But that makes more sense. it's still a crazy thing. Yeah. So, yeah, inevitably she would vanish. And they would always report this person as seeming real, mm-hmm. alive, and not looking at all like a ghost. Yeah. So st- soon stuff got even more crazy. Mary escalated. And also changes her initial like starting point of this haunt she then people start reporting that they're seeing her outside of willowbrook ballroom so that's the 10 minute drive away from resurrection cemetery and on occasion inside the ballroom what there's one example in particular jerry palace in 1939 is that somebody's name or a place jerry palace is a person okay and I'll get to him in a minute. But some men, um, some men, I guess, would meet a woman in the ballroom, dance with her, offer her 10 cents, then offer her a drive home. <gasps> to be honest, these guys sound like creeps. Yeah. And ne'er-do-wells Let anyway. the girl dance. And then she would take them up on the offer, direct them towards the cemetery, and, oh, you know vanish when they got there. This happened to Jerry. To quote something I read, because I guess I put quotes around this, Mm -hmm. Jerry was at one of his favorite dance halls, the Willowbrook, (gasps) when he noticed a beautiful blonde woman. They danced all night, and she asked him to give her a ride home down Archer Avenue. She got out in front of the Resurrection Cemetery and disappeared. (laughs) So this is kind of what started being Mary's M.O. However... That's not even the most common report. Okay. The most common report is this. Roundabout Willowbrook Ballroom outside. Several men, most of the time, this is the story, report to have picked up a young female hitchhiker. Okay. And let me just say this. If you're in the middle of the night and you're a man, like, in the middle of nowhere, picking up a young female hitchhiker... Yeah. You're a bad person. Call, get her help some other way. Don't, like, no. Also, girls, don't hitchhike. Ladies, take care of yourself. Nobody should really hitchhike. Even a ghost shouldn't hitchhike. Anyway. She is always wearing a dress, uh, a white party dress, Mm -hmm. and described as having light blonde hair and blue eyes. So they're getting real close. They can Mm -hmm. see this person. They're really looking at her. Um, Some men mention her having a light shawl, clutch purse, dancing shoes, but it's always a white dress, blonde hair, blue eyes. They pull over, let her in, and keep driving on Arthur Avenue until they reach Resurrection Cemetery, at which point the hitchhiker asks to be let out Mm -hmm. and disappears into the cemetery through the main gate, which the gate's pretty, it's, it's pretty large. Can't miss it. Yeah. I don't really know if she, like walks in and slowly disappears or if she just gets out and disappears that'd be awesome that'd be sweet (sighs) 
yeah, there's been reports as... So this started in the 30s, but reports have been just pouring in even through the 70s. A suburban trip columnist, Bill Geist, Mm -hmm. what a reporter, um, interviewed a cab driver in 1979 who claimed he picked up a young woman in a white party dress and matching shoes, drove down Archer, and yeah, basically he just says that she got out of the cemetery and disappeared. So yeah, dozens of reports. Some of them also describe her as just walking in the middle of the road, Mm -hmm. and then in 1976... Shit gets real. Okay. A couple reported seeing a young girl who appeared to be locked inside the cemetery. (gasps) When police went to search for her, they found that the bars on the front gate had been burned, (gasps) but the burns were shaped like handprints. No. The cemetery denied it was anything but a maintenance accident and eventually sawed off the bars. (gasps) To stop the flood of people who came to see it. Oh, God. And yeah, I have a picture for you. Let me see it, please. <gasps> no. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. That's so scary. I know. I, yeah, I especially don't like any, like, bars being burned because guess what? Hmm. On Friday, October 28th, 2016. <gasps> oh, my God. What? The ballroom was gutted by a fire. Again! The building was having work done on the roof where the fire was suspected to have started. Due to water pressure issues, the fire department had to wait on tanker trucks, which caused a delay in getting the fire under control and decimated the building. Okay, like, if your building burns down twice, like, it's not meant to be a building. No. Just let it die. Or maybe if... For some crazy reason, your fire hoses aren't working. A building is meant to burn down. Sure. That's true. I guess I shouldn't say that. I mean, no, nothing I don't deserves know about to that, burn. But, like, if your building burns down twice, like, don't rebuild it a third time. At least build it of, of stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That reminds me... Wait, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Is that... No, that's basically it. That's just it. Wait, so I, I don't know if she if about... she's going to continue to haunt now that Willowbrook isn't there. Now, what's up with, you said it could be two different women in the cemetery, but she doesn't look like either of them? She doesn't look like either of them. They had short brown hair. Oh, all right. And, not, and brown eyes. And she, every single so person mysterious. that reports seeing her says she has a white dress Blonde hair and blue eyes. Hmm. Wow. I mean, don't don't hitchhike, but also don't pick up a hitchhiker. Yeah, I feel like maybe Mary's she was a vigilante ghost, mm-hmm. being like anybody who reports that they picked me up and then I vanished, put them on your radar as a fucking a potential murderer yeah. killer. It reminds me a lot of um a ghost tale that's near and dear to my heart, which is ghosts from Fukushima. Oh, my God. dozens of reports of cab drivers in the so area. So good. Like, afterwards, picking up fares, and it's like young people would get into the cabs, and they would just say vague directions, like, drive me towards the mountain. And they would be like, which mountain? They'd be like, just go that way. And so they would start driving, and then at a certain point, the passenger would start being like, 
wait, like, where, where are we? Like, what, what year is it? And then eventually would be like, did I die in the tsunami? (gasps) And, and the cab driver would turn around and be like, what? And they would be fucking gone. And there are dozens of reports of this. And it's just like so sad, but so scary. Oh my God. Yeah. That's that other thing that I was talking about of it's extra scary when somebody knows they're dying or dead. Yeah. Like, it just adds. I I don't know why that is. Oh, no. Because now I'm thinking, like, does a ghost, is a ghost aware that it's a ghost? I don't know. But, like, maybe it's, like, once they realize they disappear and like cross over I don't know maybe that's a turning point into like you can either move on or yeah become a fucking evil but in like every instance with the Fukushima thing they they disappear like right after they're like wait am I dead oh yeah man I know it's heartbreaking do you know that I have that feeling all that maybe it's because of my my maybe it's because of my depression but all the like, time. Am I alive or am I in a weird dream? Or every time I'm having a a good experience, a, yeah. like a good time, even a moment, a nice walk, I have a thought of like, I wonder if I'm just dead. See, I normally, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a symptom of something. But <laughs> I mean, I definitely have my moments dead. of like dissociation and derealization where I'm like. Uh, yeah, like, this is great, but what's happening right now is just, like, for sure not real, and, like, nothing is. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't, I'm sure, a healthy way to think about anything. Yeah. But it's pretty much, like, the default mode I'm running on. It doesn't, like, make me sad or anything. No, I'm just, just, like, eventually, like, whatever is real, like, maybe I'll experience it, but for now it's, like, fine and it doesn't matter. Right. And then I, like, go home, have a snack, yeah, watch, watch a TV. Yeah, like, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and then I'm pet just my like, animals, right, well, pets. Here, here I am living this. Yeah, and complain about something idiotic. Yeah. And life goes on. Or talk about ghosts for, like, four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you have any ghost tips to leave everybody with today? Uh, no ghost tips, more practical tips. Don't, don't hitchhike and don't pick up a hitchhiker. Yeah. Don't, I feel like emphasis on... Both, but at this point in life, also, like, certainly don't pick up a hitchhiker. Maybe call call your local breezing. Let them know that someone needs a ride. It is on the side of the road. I don't know if that's the suggested thing to do. I'm sure call in. If it's, like, a small town or whatever, you can be like, hey, there's a woman on the side of the road. Can somebody go check it out? Or any person on the side of the road. Just... If somebody's on the side of the road, like, they probably don't, aren't there for fun. Yeah. (laughs) Help them out. Yeah. Because it's a dangerous situation. And don't help them out by being like, hey, little lady, you need a ride? Ugh. Ugh, Please. Got ten cents right here with your name on it. I don't know why I'm saying that in, like, a, this is Chicago. They don't talk like No. I I can't. I, I won't deign to do a Chicago accent. I don't even know what it would be. As you know, the only accent I can do is an old... British old timey chimbley sweep, and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. A chimbley right sweep. Yeah. Um, my ghost tip, I guess, this week. Oh, it's just don't buy toys. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a solid one. Don't buy any toys. Or and, if you do, uh, like, dip them in a, some kind of holy water. Holy I don't know water. if that'll do anything, but 
It seems to work on the demons, <laughs> but I don't know. Don't or just like yeah. Maybe just like give your child a paper doll, and that way, if it gets haunted, you just set it on fire. Yeah, beware fire is another one. Mm-hmm. Also, don't name anything or person Robert. That's true. And also, if your building burns down twice, don't rebuild it a third time. Mm-hmm. Like it's Wisdom just not to live meant by. to be. Yeah. Well, All we right. really did it. We really did it. I'm super, super scared. I know. I scared. I spooked myself, to be honest. I have like a arched cat back, but all, <laughs> all over my body Wonderful. feeling. Yeah. That's it for now. Stay safe out there, everyone. And remember, ghosts, if you don't believe in yourselves, who will? That's a spirit. That's right. Ping bong. Ping bong. Mm-hmm. <laughs>